Welcome to the Readings Podcast. Uh, my name's Nina and I'm here today with my colleague, Christine Gordon. Hello, everybody. And today we're talking to Jessa Crispin. Now, Jessa is the founder and editor of the online magazine Bookslut.com. She's also the author of The Dead Ladies Project, The Creative Tarot, and her new book, which is what we're here to talk about today, Why I Am Not a Feminist, which is published in Australia by Black Ink. Welcome, Jessa. Thank you for having me. Um, now, just to start with, can you sort of, and this is an annoying question, I know, but uh, can you sum up what your book is about in just a sentence or two? And it's, uh, no, <laughs> I, if I could do that, I wouldn't have written the book. Right? Um, uh, it's about my dissatisfaction with the, uh, the, the current place of contemporary feminism and how it has become distanced from its revolutionary roots. I guess that's that's as good as you, that's as good as it's going to get for an encapsulation. So when you talk about the revolutionary sort of roots, when where are you starting them from? When when are you sort of thinking that all started feminism? Uh, well, I guess traditionally it's a kind of a first wave thing. I I usually put it a little bit uh, farther back with um, well. When uh, St. Paul was... Um, a little bit further back. A little bit further back. <laughs> Give or take a couple of hundred years. When, uh, when St. Paul was uh, traveling, um, setting up the Catholic Church, uh, Thecla put on some men's clothing and traveled around with him uh, as a preacher and as a saint, and uh, then later became a hermit because she was uh, tired of uh, men trying to rape her, so she went to go live in a cave instead. Uh, so, yeah, to me, it's it's kind of at that point. Yeah, right, right from the very beginning. Yeah, but you feel like it's lost some, lost a bit of a nerve of late. Well, now it's just a lifestyle choice, like any other lifestyle choice. Now it's a T-shirt, and you can get a uh, $700 T-shirt from Dior, that says, you know, radical feminist on it. So uh, it's quite that, sequence, seems, that, that seems <laughs> a little bit um, beside the point. So the book's been quite controversial in some ways. Um, what would you say is the one thing that has pissed off the most people? I don't know because I'm not reading any of the reviews. Okay, good. Yeah. And if somebody uh, starts talking trash to me on Twitter, I mute them. So I don't know. All right. Well, what is what is the um, one thing you'd like people to take away from the book? Yeah, sorry to be difficult, but I don't I don't think like that. Um, and you know, I, I focus on the work, and then what people do with it is really up to them. Do I do I think it's going to cut, to start a social movement? No, of course not, because I'm not a narcissist or delusional um and do i think that it's actually going to change feminism probably not um i think it is an articulation of my current uh political ideology and and my thinking behind it um but as far as what it does out in the world uh i've learned not to um you can't care about that kind of stuff or you'll go crazy Absolutely. Or you'll start doing TED Talks and that's just a fate that's too terrible to Are we not going to see you on a YouTube channel soon? No. <laughs> okay, well, you talk about creating a new feminist philosophy in the book. What are the, some of the sort of key elements? 
Um, well, uh, living a life by your own uh, value system and understanding what your values are, essentially. Um, being able to imagine different ways of organizing our our lives, our cities, our work, our uh, romantic relationships, our families, um, because every every single aspect of our lives, the, the foundation is in hierarchy and patriarchy. So marriage is a patriarchal institution. Corporate culture is a patriarchal institution. Um, banks are a patriarchal institution. So if we want to demolish the patriarchy, which um, usually what people mean by that is, um, you know, watching a, a better TV show, you know, like watching, we smash the patriarchy by, by enjoying the new Joss Whedon film. Um, then we have to start actually reimagining uh, how we live our lives on the planet. Right, so you're basically saying, let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's actually just own it and say, you know, equality hasn't been achieved in these enormous institutions that you talk about. It's not possible for women all across the world to have uh, equal rights when we're dealing with these types of structures. So the one way out of that is to wipe it all, start again. Uh, well... That sounds like everybody's going to die. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I How are we wiping it all? Yeah. I would prefer but I'm thinking, what's happen. the alternative then? Like, I mean, if this is what you're saying, right? Well, look at, what, what do we create? Then? If you look at how social movements actually, actually start, um, it's through the culture. I mean, if you look at how the medieval period moved into the Renaissance, that wasn't by signing some bills into law. That was by a radical reimagining of what the world could be. So it's not impossible. These things happen all of the time. But we've gotten, we've become apathetic and we've become disillusioned. And so we think, you know, there's that Mark Fisher line that I keep using and probably misquoting terribly, but it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. And so we're, we're just sort of like, well, we're all, you know, we might as well just continue on this track into environmental devastation, into, you know, catastrophic uh, income inequality and not try to do anything to save ourselves. So I, so I, I think all of this is really interesting and absolutely I agree with so much of what you say. But then I do wonder how culture starts getting, how does culture change? Where by, does it start? By people changing their the way that they live their lives and organizing and having discussions. So just, does the start of it talk, is the start of, you know, cultural change about these sort of conversations and about books that you have, but also about T-shirts that say radical feminism? No. <laughs> Look at who wears those T-shirts. It's not exactly anybody who's advocating for radical social change. If you have $710 to spend on a T-shirt, you are not a radical. Okay. I agree. I agree. But if I had, say, $24.95 and I was 18 and my money was going to Planned Parenthood and the T-shirt said radical feminism, would that be a difference? You mean am I going to yell at an 18-year-old? No, 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 not at all. I'm just saying, actually, if we look at some of those sort of T-shirts or perhaps that whole issue of whether or not feminism has become commercial and we look at some of the things that you can get out there, not all of them are from some toss pot miles and miles away where the T-shirt's worth $800 and we don't even know anyone in the, in the, our world that would wear something like that. Mm -hmm. But we do know people that would wear 
T-shirts like that where perhaps the money is going to a cause that's going to benefit women. Sure. Radicals still exist and feminists who are willing to do the work still exist, but it's a tiny minority of the people who are calling themselves feminist. Is, is your version of feminism, could that ever coexist with capitalism? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that. I think that's actually what I was trying to do. You did it so much better than <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, all right, in, let's talk about Trump. Mm-hmm. And so this book was presumably written before yes, the election. Of course. Yeah. Um, now, what do you think is the most sort of the urgent, the most urgent thing we could do right now in response to Trump? And how does your how do you feel about your book now in the political space that? is operating at the moment. Well, I think it's the same answer. Trump is not an anomaly. Trump is the apex predator of our culture. That it's not like he came out of nowhere. He is the embodiment of greed and selfishness. Um, And so getting rid of Trump, (laughs) um, you know what I mean? Uh, It doesn't solve anything. Um, the culture has to change or else we're going to keep throwing up these people into positions of power. So the best way to resist Trump, you know, yes, there needs to be a hardline response to his policies in the way of taking care of the people who are the most vulnerable, um, entering local government and fighting from, from, and working your way in from there, because there's, there's like a, um, there's hardly anybody in America young, progressive, working in local government. It's like uh, just a wasteland. There have been a lot of studies about this, that that leftists are not running um, for uh, local positions. And they're kind of leaving them um, to uh, the right to take over. Um, So all that needs to be done. But we also need to talk about the culture. We need to talk about um, our values. Yeah, you have this... This great line in your book um, that says, if you just want your life to be comfortable, if you just want to make money and watch your shows and do as well as you can in this lifetime, then admit it to yourself. You are not a feminist. Now, that hit home for me because I do like to be comfortable and I do like my shows. <laughs> um, so I guess I want to know, like, how can I get uncomfortable? How can I become the kind of feminist you're envisioning that you want people to be? Well, everybody has to manage that on their, by themselves. You know, one of the, um, the people who, who I've been meeting, um, while on my little book tour that I'm on, um, have been saying to me is, you know, why didn't you give us a plan of action? I was like, because I don't know you. (laughs) Like, I don't know you. Um, and I don't know what you're good at. And it's not a checklist. You know, that's a very kind of, um, right. I'm looking for an easy answer. And the whole point of your is you have to change your life. Yeah. You have to change your life. Um, you know, I I always start from the idea that you know, that William James uh, put forth. Um, if you're if you're doing like the uh, the drinking game version of the Jessica Crispin interview, yes, <laughs> she mentioned yes, she mentioned William James drink. Um, you know, he talked about the unbribed soul, about accepting poverty as a spiritual mission, so that you can live your life by your ideals. Because once you start going for comfort, once you start going for property ownership, you're going to change your behavior in order to not risk that. 
And so accepting the burden of poverty so that you don't have to do work that you don't believe in, so that you don't have to go against your value system in order to um, keep yourself safe, um, that's a way to live a moral life. Didn't he say all of that so that he could encourage people to live in the present? Like That whole philosophy was about living right here and now, whereas when we talk about feminism or we talk about change, we're also encompassing the, the future. We're trying to think about what's going to be the next step. Mm-hmm. So how would you, you know, put those kind of two thoughts together? Like if if we understand that, that William's whole thing was, you know, here is what's important, now is what's important, but yet we understand that we need to change. Well, what, I, I guess I wouldn't agree with that interpretation of William oh, yeah. James. I mean, he's he's more interested in what works, right? Part, the, his philosophy of pragmatism was um, you're the the source and the and the impulse doesn't matter as much as the results, um, and. So I think it's the same thing. And, and it is, you know, I, I am a very kind of um, practical girl when it comes to um, the goals of feminism. You know, there is this kind of lofty idealism of, um, of you know, as long as you uh, hold a certain set of beliefs, then you're fine. Like, as long as you, as you kind of believe in equality, I'm like, if it's not on the ground, if you're not living it on a daily basis, then it doesn't matter. Can we talk about marriage? Sure. <laughs> Do you think marriage is bullshit? Yes. Great. Well, that's all I want to know. End of podcast. <laughs> no, I I um I read an interview with you on Jezebel where you said uh, if you're not totally you're not totally with the cause if you're married and calling yourself a feminist. Yep. Yeah. No, I believe that. But I'm married. I'm married, and I feel fine about that because I'm okay about different opinions. <laughs> Barely, no, no, I'm completely fine. Hey, just I wanted to know: do you, do you sort of have young people in your life? Do you know many young sort of women? And yeah, of course. Are you interacting? And what are their sort of views on on a book like yours? Do you think? Um. Well, we haven't talked specifically about the book because I feel like they have other things to do with their time. Um, but a lot of my closest friends are 10 years younger than me. And a lot, of, yeah, it's funny. I have almost zero friends who are my peers. I have a lot of older women who are my friends and a lot of younger women who are my friends. But um, my own age group, I find um, a little alienated from them. So uh, I, I like the mix. Oh, I'm a little sad that, that you've said that, actually. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, I was recently <laughs> I was recently socially ostracized from my from the small town that I live in um, because I'm unmarried and I was considered a threat by the married oh, women of the town. You're going to take all the blokes. Oh, I'm like, your husbands are really boring. I really <laughs> have no interest in fucking any of them. Like, you're fine. You're safe, ladies. Oh. Yeah, that's so, that's so sad, isn't there it, was some, There was some study that married women socially ostracize single women. Like, from the, so, as soon as they um, get married, they, they ostracize the single women from their uh, from their social group because they're terrified of, of their husband sleeping with them. Um, so it's like an actual phenomenon, and I never experienced it until I hit my mid-30s and all my friends started, um, or at least all my peers, um, started getting married. And, uh, and then I saw it, yeah, like... 
straight up in my life. I was like, all right, yeah, you're part of the sisterhood. Good for what, you, good for you, ladies. What, I, what I'm hearing here is, is that there's just so much time to make some new friends out there, mate. Just like, I let have them wonderful go. friends. They're just I mean, not I mean, my... Like, of your own age. Oh. To let them go. No, yeah, I have. Like, like, I'm awful. not talking to them. That's awful. Yeah. So is there a question that no one has asked you yet that you wish that they had about this book? Or about this book? Or do you feel like book? there's something that hasn't you're not being asked or that you want to say that hasn't been brought up. Do you think that it's something that perhaps Australia hasn't got? Yeah. That we haven't actually, here you've come all this way to visit us and we're very grateful. But you know what? You came all this way and they still don't get it, for goodness sake. Oh, no, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I ask about, uh, so you're also a tarot card reader. Yes. Uh, Can you, and you wrote a book called The Creative Tarot. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. What would, you, what would you like to know? Um, well, oh, I'm a Gemini. Okay. Um, what, what's that's surprising because yeah. usually, like, I have this visceral bad reaction oh, really? to Gemini's. But oh, really? I like you. I was yeah. going to say, what's something that <laughs> you think is true about all Gemini's? What's something you're? Oh, you, you're all a bunch of sociopaths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I dated a Gemini. It was like the worst. Oh, no. uh, anyway, but um, no, Gemini's are, are very good thinkers, right? Um, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the Gemini thing: thinking and talking and um, communicating and um, yeah, that's Great. that's their and whole so mode. Yeah. 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 I'll take it all. I'll take it yeah. all. Nita, the marketing manager of readings, reading her job description <laughs> out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, and so did you want to? Could you talk a little bit about how you came to tarot card reading? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, like every teenager who wore too much black, I had a, I had a deck of tarot cards. Um, and it wasn't until my mid-20s that I started taking it, quote-unquote, seriously, you know. Like, it, tarot gets a, a bad rap. People think that it's about fortune-telling, and it's not. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a tool of intuition and storytelling and... It's just, it's actually kind of a, a difficult thing to learn because there's so much nuance and so many cards and, you know, it, it takes a long time to kind of uh, get the hang of it. Mm, great. Thank you. I have never met a tarot card reader before. I'm so delighted to meet you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. It blows my mind. We're sort of running out of time, so I'm going to ask you a couple of really tricky questions. All right. Yeah, like, you know, brace yourself. Mm. Do you watch TV? Uh, some TV. What have you enjoyed watching? Oh, The Young Pope. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> which was just, like, uh, emotionally, uh, intellectually and sexually satisfying all at, all at one thing. No, I would, right. I would literally, Top tip. like... Top tip. I would literally like cry through every episode oh, and and text my friends t- uh, after to explain to them why I cried and they didn't care. But you know, like um uh yeah, it's uh I found it profoundly moving and it very much about uh the missing feminine in in contemporary religion um and just so beautiful. Um wow. and well I I wasn't going to watch it cuz it was Jude Law, smoking, all that intense. It just looked, uh, I wasn't sure, but now you're selling me. Yeah, the thing is, you know, the people who, um, you know, TV critics, the people who were recapping Gilmore Girls, like, were not up for Young Pope, but 
bless their hearts, they they gave it a shot. But um, <laughs> I should but tell like, you that I'm a big girl. No, no, no. I mean, no. <laughs> but if you're if that's like if that's your mode as a critical thinker, then you know the young the young pope. It's one of the, the young pope is not going to get. Up. Yeah, it's not going to. It's you're not going to be able to kind of. So the the criticism of it was just terrible. Like I remember um, reading of the a, young pope or of the, of the young po- of the young pope of the young pope by Gilmore Girls Watchers. Yeah, because yeah. um, I remember this this one episode that I felt was so profound um, about uh, about the the feminine and, and issues of conversion, and uh, I you know I looked up the a recapper's version of events and the first line was oh my god guys this gave me all the feels i was like oh fuck you <laughs> <laughs> <The feels. laughs> jesse we have to ask you because we're booksellers uh what are you reading now i'm reading martha gellhorn um travels with myself and another and enjoying it, it's something that you can travel with. Yeah, book. it's her. Uh, it's her account of her fir- her five worst travel experiences ever. The, <laughs> it's um, journeys from hell, uh, as she calls it. Um, yeah, and it's really it's really good w- to read it as you're traveling because if you're having a bad time, it's, it's not having that bad of a time. So, yeah. I hope that you're not having a bad time in Australia. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And again, the book is Why I Am Not a Feminist and you can buy it from readings and we would encourage everyone who thinks they are a feminist or maybe they're not a feminist to give it a read. Uh, in our office, it's become our topic of conversation over the last week. Uh, it will be continue to be my topic of conversation for many weeks to come. And for that, Jessica Crispin, we are very, very grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.